love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. To see so many people see what I see in Kat is amazing. That's exactly what I wanted for people to see how genuine, how smart, how kind, how adventurous this amazing woman is. Who we are at our core is just wanting to make the world a little bit better and do, do good in this world and do good with the time we have. We only have one life to live and I think spreading goodness is important to us both and I think we'll, we'll always continue to do that. Today's love story belongs to Tyler and Kat, AKA Ty Cat, and it's one for the ages. Chances are you may already know their story. They are the inspirational young couple from Alberta who overcame so much to then take on and win the Amazing Race Canada. This week, and just in time for Valentine's Day, we are excited to share the story of their next chapter. After the trials that made them closer than ever and that nationally broadcast moment of triumph, the amazing story of their engagement. This is the Canadian Love Map. Okay, Tyler and Kat, I have been so looking forward to this opportunity to chat with you two and to meet you. Welcome to the Canadian Love Map. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. There's so many layers of love. You know, in your story, it's actually, I was I was driving to the studio today thinking, I don't know if we've ever had guests on the podcast for whom so much love is wrapped around you in so many ways. And that includes the love of Canadians. Do you feel it? We feel it. Yeah. I think uh, the biggest thing that I felt was that love for Kat, knowing she deserved a ring on her finger, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Thanks. That was a good tease for later. That's, yeah. that's excellent. Let's talk about your love story. How did this beautiful connection between the two of you develop? It started um, how a lot of relationships start now, a, a good old DM on social media. <laughs> oh, direct message. Who to whom? So I use, so to add some backstory to it, I was following Miss Katrina for uh, quite some time on Instagram and I knew that she had a following and I don't know if I'm going to get through to her. So I chose the unconventional route and used a 
a popular but not as popular social media app called Visco. Lo and behold, she didn't know that you could actually direct message on Visco. So I shot my shot, as the kids say nowadays. And <laughs> I was hoping that I'd get something back. I saw a photo that I liked and I, uh, I think I said, excuse my language. And then I said, you are effing beautiful. Um, I figured that was the way to go about the first impression was, you know, use a, use a curse word in there to really get that attention and really, uh, yeah. And then for authenticity. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he took you by surprise on Visco. Yeah. And I remember being like more intrigued by the fact that you could use a message function on this app than like kind of the actual message itself. I remember I had a roommate at the time and I made her message me. I was like, can you see if I've read this? Like, how does this work? And then uh, I replied just being like, I didn't know you could message on this app, but like, hi, rest is history, I think. You kind of had to give him uh, full stars for even knowing that and introducing you to the new method of communication. I get it. And, yeah, exactly. And I get to ask all the personal questions. Where did the relationship go from there? How did you first meet? So I was in Leduc at the time with my family, and I kind of knew that Kat was from Calgary, but I had maybe a you know a hope that she was in Edmonton or something. But we figured out that we were across Highway 2, and we messaged back for a couple of days here and there. And then she was the one actually... That was essentially like, okay, are we doing this or are we not? So let's meet in Red Deer. And for, you know, the Alberta folk that know Red Deer is like the middle between Edmonton and Calgary. And so we decided to meet in Red Deer. And the only place that we really knew that we would both know was the rink. So we ended up meeting in the parking lot of the Red Deer Arena. And we ended up going to a movie during the day. We went to the SBCA, very cliche. And then we went for brunch. <laughs> she ordered eggs Benedict with no eggs. And then I was like, that's a major red flag. <laughs> I should have ran then. And, and uh, offside. Then we left it off. Yeah, a little <laughs> offside. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we left it off. One of my best friends has a big family Christmas party every year. Like all the friends and family come. There's a ton of people. And I kind of was like, you want to come? And this is after just meeting for one time. And I think we were only talking for probably like 12 days. She drove the two hours and came to my big family and friends for Christmas party. And I'm a bubbly people person, especially when I'm around my people. And I knew she was the one, I guess, when I could kind of, I was still worried about her, obviously, but I didn't really have to worry about her. Like she's, you know, you just, just doing left her, me in the dust. Uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what was it in your early relationship that really cemented things for you, attracted you to each other? What were the traits? I think it was just we both kind of had this unique perspective on things in our life. And for Ty, it was shortly after the accident. And I had kind of gone through my own mental health journey and was kind of on the, the peak of recovering. And we had just connected in a way that I don't think I've really ever connected with anyone before. We just had so much fun together too. And to have such like a deep emotional connection, but also be able to just be light and have fun. I think I had just never had that before with someone who, who I'd met and I felt it right away. After our first date in Red Deer, actually, I remember driving back and I called my mom and I was like, mom, I think I found the one. <laughs> and it's just like crazy. I wow. remember just thinking like, I think he's the one. And I had called my mom on the, my way home. I like remember it so clearly driving on the highway. And and then, yeah, I guess I, guess I did that day. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. 
At what point did you decide that it was a good idea to apply for the amazing race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we had first met within, I think like a month of knowing each other, we booked a, a trip to Europe and neither of us had ever left North America before. And we booked a backpacking trip and we're like, let's. At this time, <laughs> I also thought that I was just going to go because I had one of my really good friends in Vienna, Austria, and he was doing an exchange program over there with his partner. And I had this like aspiration and idea, especially, you know, after the accident, I was like, I just want to go out, adventure, explore the world a little bit. We had such an amazing trip traveling together and such a good adventure. And we were like, that was the beginning of our relationship and it was a test and it worked out well. And then we kind of got four and a half years into our relationship and we thought, why not kind of give it another test here and see what happens. And uh, we just wanted to challenge ourselves and challenge our mindsets a bit and go on another amazing adventure. And it worked out in our favor, I guess. And it was hands down, I think the coolest thing we've ever done in our lives. Tell me about the cool moment when you found out you had been accepted into the show. Yeah, I think that was like that whirlwind moment of like, oh gosh, it's actually happening. Um, <laughs> and we need to prepare, like we need to do things to prepare. And I think for us, we watched the race before, but we were never obviously that like full-blown fanatic around the race. And so that kind of led us to be like, okay, let's watch the race. Let's understand it a little bit better. And Kat's calms brain and Kat's like way of thinking, like she was looking at the race in like a strategic way of like how they place the challenges, how they go about each day kind of thing. Or I'm just like, okay, that looks fun. That looks hard. Like that, that'd be tough. <laughs> Put and me I mean, in coach. <laughs> Put yeah, me in coach. <laughs> it wasn't like we, I mean, we probably could have done better with like maybe other forms of preparation, but I mean, I, I wasn't running around with my backpack around the streets in Calgary. Like I kind of was just like, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to stay in shape and, you know, stay conditioned. And I think that was something that we already kind of had. We were both active people, but I mean, the mindset of it was just like, how do we tell our people that we're just like leaving and really, you know, that was like the, I guess the most bizarre thing. Cause I mean, we're very fortunate to have, you know, amazing people in our lives. And, and I think texting them being like, we'll see in a month, uh, alarmed a couple people, but I think other, you know, people in our lives that recognize that we do, like to do new things and be spontaneous and get outside our comfort zone. So it was, uh, that was an interesting process. <laughs> so you couldn't even tell people that you were going to be part of it. No. And I had actually been laid off from my job a month before. And then I had texted a couple of my friends and I was like, yeah, like, I just need a break. I'm, I'm going to go on a retreat in the, like the outdoors. And they were like, so I've been laid off. I'm going on this retreat. They were like, is she okay? Like, <laughs> but little did they know we were actually just filming the race. Wow. Okay. So tell me what the absolute high point was. Apart from the winning, was there a moment during the race that you just remember it being, you know, full on sweet spot? Yeah, I think, well, I think our first win, when we won the first leg in Calgary, we were like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> like, yeah. we could not believe we did that. We, like our, our goal was just to not get sent home on the first leg. And then we came out with a win and we were like, what just happened? I don't, I don't think I slept at all that night. And then when we were in Tofino, we were out on the ocean and it was just such a beautiful day. The sun was shining. We were together and we weren't even in, in the lead. I think we were like middle back of the pack at this point. And we just looked around and we were like, this is incredible. But we forgot we were filming. We forgot we were racing and we just kind of had a moment. And I still think back to that moment all the time. 
Oh, that's amazing. And I, I love the idea that you had kindness as, as a strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I think we kind of went into it. I, we wanted to, we didn't, I'm not saying we made a promise to ourselves, but I think we went into it knowing that we wanted to just like stay our true authentic selves. And, you know, we both been through things in our life that made us reflect and made us think back. And I think for us, this was an opportunity to just like go out, experience new communities, you know, really push us outside our comfort zone. I think we knew that this could really go well, or it could go the other way. And it might like, I'm not going to lie. It is a litmus test for your relationship. It is something that it puts you in such a vulnerable position and you spend so much time together and it continues to be our biggest piece of advice for anybody that wants to apply is like pick the right partner and pick somebody <laughs> that you can really like have fun with. Because I remember even us after the first and second leg, like we would just get back to the hotel and just like, just like belly laugh about the stupidest things that happened on that day. And just like, those are the things that I think we will forever remember is like playing crib in our hotel room, like trying to pass the time, you know, just like having these fun little memories and obviously some incredible memories from the actual race. But I think like the behind the, behind the scenes stuff was what really grew our relationship and like what really allowed us to just like appreciate the constant time that we got to spend together. Yeah, I agree. How do you think it changed you as a couple? Yeah, like like Tyler kind of said, I think when we started, we're like, this is either going to go south or it's going to go great. So let's see what happens. And then our relationship to, I think, our surprise and to most people's surprise who have watched the show, it just got stronger and stronger throughout it. And I think it's kind of like when you are out of your comfort zone and and you're relying on your partner in such a unique way and sharing such a unique experience together, it just, it's hard for it not to grow, I guess. And And we had a positive attitude the whole time. And yeah, our relationship just got so much stronger throughout it. So we're really grateful for that. I think, it, yeah, I think the one thing that comes to mind for like, I'm, I'm stubborn as can be with communication at times. And I think in a situation and an opportunity like that, it's hard to be stubborn. You really have to put yourself out there and you really have to understand and connect with your partner in such an emotional way. Like, don't get me wrong. There was silent treatments on the race. There was the odd time where it was just like, I, I don't know where I am in Ontario. I am a little upset right now. I'm just not going to say anything. But at other times, like, I mean, even the pole climb in Toronto, I think the communication that we shared was just like knowing when to say something, knowing when not to say something, knowing when to uplift, knowing when to motivate, knowing when to, you know, hold extra compassion like those little moments in time where you just recognize what exactly your partner needs, I think is what really allowed us to kind of take those next steps and always not look for the light at the end of the tunnel, but just remember that we're still in this and we still have an opportunity to, you know, make up ground and, and still have an opportunity to, you just never know, especially in the race. I think that was the other thing we, we learned is that you just truly never know what's next. <laughs> right. Yeah. The element of surprise. Uh, I think a lot of people like me, for instance, I, I often go for the underdog, but you guys were the opposite of the underdog because you run, you won five legs. Is that right? Were you <laughs> yeah, kind of, totally, yeah. were you kind of the target? Of a lot of yeah. the other teams? Yeah, we came in a little hot, I think, at the start. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that wasn't, that wasn't planned again. We had no idea how we were going to perform in this race. And yeah, with those first two, we won the first two legs back to back, which definitely put a target on our back. Um, but again, we were kind of just like, let's kill them with kindness. Like, 
the target's here now. There's we can't really go back and change our strategy. So just keep on pushing, I guess. And it worked worked out for us. I think uh, like we've had a lot of conversations. Kat's a big like intuition person, and she like her intuition's incredible, and she really trusts her intuition. And I think you know there's those moments in the race where even like the Smithers car dealership one where. I had to become a car dealer or a car salesman. Like, I'm not saying Kat wouldn't have been amazing at that, but I think like that was just like one that would have been so good for me. And even like the first leg in Calgary where she, you know, repelled down that wall. Like, it's interesting looking back and realizing that things could have went such a different way if we just like, if we didn't trust our intuition and trust the process. And like, it was just like that instant, even the, the Whistler bungee jump, like obviously cat would have been amazing again and like would have done such a great job. But at that moment in time, it was just like, not even a question, especially after that bus ride we had in the morning, cat was like, you're doing it done. Like, it was like, we're not having this conversation. Like you're doing it. And I think there's so many moments where it's like, what would have happened if I would have done that? Or if she would have done that, or if we would have went about that in a different way. And I think that's one thing that I'm super grateful for is like the stars aligned a good amount of the time and allowed us to really embrace our strengths and embrace our abilities. It felt like you had the wind under your wings a lot of the time. And Tyler, I know you have a beautiful tattoo. Of course, Ty was a member of the Humboldt Broncos team that had the tragic crash. I asked this because you talked about it at the time. How did you feel you were being supported by people uh, not only in Canada, but people who had already left the planet. There is so many ebbs and flows to the race and there's so much. It's exhausting <laughs> to say the least. Like it is, it is truly exhausting. And at times I think you do need that extra push and you do need that extra little bit of like, okay, we're good. We're good. Like we can keep doing this. Like, and I think it was very evident toward the, towards the end. And even, you know, I tell this in my speaking engagements, but like, leg nine when it was like the hardest day of our race for sure and arguably one of the hardest days of my life especially after that pole climb it was there was still so much hope and i think we carried that throughout but then you know i found a couple dimes that night and for people that have been in, in the grief world for some reason dimes and grief really attach and really align and mm -hmm. i think that was just like gave me so much hope that like we're protected and we're good and even that night before the finale, Kat was, I can't remember what Kat was doing, but I was just like writing in my journal and we kind of wrote in our journal sporadically throughout, but I wrote in my journal, you know, thank you for being here. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for protecting us. And the last thing I said in my journal was like one more day, you know, just one more day. And it's interesting how even the finale, like there were so many ups and downs and there were so many ebbs and flows, but I think we still had that hope, you know, we are protected and we're good here and we can, mm. you know we just got to trust that we are exactly where we're supposed to be and i think that's kind of what propelled us i guess on especially on that last day and i mean as hard as that that toronto leg was I, we've we've had this conversation but i think we needed to go through that like i think we really needed to go through those dark dark moments to realize and appreciate everything that's going to shine that next day yeah, I, I hear you say that. And I think about the saying that joy is the flip side of grief. You yeah. really can feel joy if you've known grief because of the distinct difference. For sure. Can yeah. you just describe your tattoo 
for people who don't know about it? Because I, I do think it's such an inspiring thing. Yeah, uh, I guess I could. Like, I got a tattoo on my just above my heart under my collarbone scar, uh, 16 blackbirds that says home is where the heart is. And it's funny, I have a I have a weird infatuation with birds and bunnies now. Grief, you do weird things and you attach yourself to weird things. But even yesterday, I looked up into the sky and every time I see birds in the sky, I hold on to that hope that it is like perfectly 16. But at the end of the day, I know that no matter how many it is, I'm going to still hold on to the hope that that's, that's just people watching over. And that's my people watching over. And it's funny because I think I counted yesterday, there was like 20 all flying. And I was like thinking to myself, you know what, that's just, you know, my people who picked up a couple, you know, extra people along the way. I'll go back to a grief. It just does such weird things to you. But I think this tattoo is just a resemblance of, you know, your there's, our people are, are watching above and our people are flying high. And and uh, are always, you know, looking out for us. So, going back to the joy, you really feel the joy. We could see it on your faces when you won. <laughs> what was that moment like? Yeah, that was a crazy <laughs> moment. I think I, I blocked out that whole that whole run to the mat there. And it's funny because throughout the race, you know, we had kind of visualized that moment. What would it be like to run up to the finale and see all the teams there and and make it to that final mat? And then. When it came, it was just pure emotion. It was, yeah, it was incredible. Why don't you set the scene for us? Because it was on the waterfront in Halifax. Tell us a yeah. little bit about it. Yeah, it was on the waterfront in Halifax. And it was quite a long run oh. to that mat of the waterfront from where we got chopped <laughs> off. And I remember just giving it all I had. There was nothing left in the tank. But that was the last run we had to do. And, and we couldn't see everyone as we were running in. But you turn a corner and then... We saw the 10 teams. We saw Derek and Jess Paul because they always wore the neon. And I remember seeing the neon and being like, oh my God, that's it. <laughs> and then just running in and putting our feet on that final mat and just completely breaking down, seeing the trucks there, seeing everyone. And just, yeah, it was, I definitely just fully broke out. <laughs> I remember on the run, it, it was a long run. And I remember on the run, I got longer legs than cats. So maybe a little bit quicker at times. <laughs> and I remember I was just like sprinting and we were holding hands and Kat just like, she started to get emotional and she like looked at me. She's like, hold my hand tighter, tighter, please tighter. <laughs> like it was just like the most exhausting. I, it probably was only like a 500 meter sprint, but it was just like that moment in time where once we realized that we were in the first, I mean, it, it was just like, whoa, because especially we would get back to our, our room after most legs and <laughs> we would like, fully come into John Montgomery mode and we would just like repeat back to each other like time cap your team number one and we would just like <laughs> do this so many times and I think in some ways it is it was almost us manifesting that day and manifesting like that final mat and I mean that finale was oh it was an emotional emotional roller coaster and once again there's so many things that could have happened and there's so many things that you know went our way but one thing is we have so much love for even, you know, Eddie, our cab driver, like he, he was such a pivotal moment in, in our last leg and even like the backpack fiasco. I mean, there were so many things that could have went wrong, but that final run, I think just like, it was so hard to not reflect on such an amazing journey, but also to be able to like, look at all those teams, like still cheering us on and realizing that like bond we created with all these incredible individuals from all across Canada, I think was Personally, one of our favorite parts, too. 
We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. I think part of uh, the reaction of Canadians and, and the reason it was such a joyful finale to watch was because of the bond between you two and also your kindness and your, your goodness and your openness. And it was so fun to watch you in that moment. But the highlight for me was when the host said, what is next for you two? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Oh, good old John. And, oh, the and, infamous line. <laughs> and for those who didn't watch The Amazing Race Canada, maybe you could tell us what your answer was, Kat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we had just won The Amazing Race, and I remember John asking me what's next, and I'm in my head I was like, well, what could be better than this? I don't really know. And then a ring on my finger, I guess. Everyone got a good laugh out of it, and... You know, maybe maybe manifesting's real because <laughs> here it is. There's the ring. And all throughout the race, I mean, we had, especially Juju and Jermaine. I mean, Juju and Jermaine were, you know, such incredible competitors and just like incredible people. And all throughout it, like they had such a protection over us, it felt like, and especially over Kat. And I remember, I think it was Juju came up to me and was like, if you win and don't put a ring on her goddamn finger, like we're going to have an issue. <laughs> so it was just like, I mean, seeing, I think that's the love and we felt even from our, like our competitors, I guess you can call it just showed that. Yeah. It, it, it was time. <laughs> oh, well, I love that story so much. And you know, Part of the reason I love it is because we feel a sense of connection or ownership to your story a little bit at this podcast because our presenting sponsor is Charm Diamond Center. Yeah. And you used the word fanatic a while ago, Ty. <laughs> um, I, you know, fan is short for fanatic. And Maura McDonald, who is our contact here, she is our beautiful supporter for this Love Map podcast because she works for Charm Diamond Centers. She was a fan slash fanatic about The Amazing Race Canada, and she just absolutely fell head over heels in love with you two. So when she heard that, she kind of, as she does, went into action. She is a woman who gets things done, and she has a beautiful, open heart. So she got in touch with you, right? Yeah, so she sent me an email I mean, pretty quick. I, it might have been that same day or like that next day after the finale aired. She instantly got in touch with me. And then I was like, oh, oh, oh wow, this is happening. Like, I do need to. Think, I do need, I'm not. I was thinking about it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I was constantly like, OK, like there's nobody else I'd obviously rather spend the rest of my life with than all those things were thinking. But I was just like, we just won the race. So I'm just I'm kind of solely thinking about the race and what a journey and then I'm instantly like, okay, well, I should probably kind of think about this a little bit more and capitalize on this. And, you know, Maura reaching out, it was just like that. Yeah, you know what, like, like, let's do this. What did she say? So she said, we'd love to help you, you know, find that perfect ring for Kat. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like Charm is reaching out. And instantly from the start, I mean, the connection with Maura was just like, 
this is someone that is so kind and so gentle and like wants to be a part of this process, you know, for such good intention and Mm -hmm. just like, just to be able to see this love flourish and blossom. And my brother just went through the process of finding a ring for his partner and they're getting married this summer. So there's so much love surrounded by us. And I think that just like spearheaded the, okay, I need to, I need to find that perfect ring. What was the process like coming up with the perfect ring? I mean, we've talked about it. And I think from the, you know, as the the preliminary talks happened between us, Kat always expressed that she wanted to be a part of the process. And I was like, completely fair. I was like, I'm not wearing the ring. Like, I'm happy for you to be a part of the process. I knew a little bit about what she liked. But for me, it was just like, when do I do this? Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, I want to make this beautiful. I want to make this proper. I want to make this memorable. And there was a couple ideas that came to mind, but I knew that we were going to Mexico with my brother and his fiance. And I remember going to charm and I was like, Hey, can we do this in like a month? Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, can we, and it was funny cause we, it was October 27th. And I remember it was Kat's birthday and I was like, Kat, I just need to go to the mall. And of course it's her birthday. And she's like, okay, well, I want to come like, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Like I, so then we're at the mall and I was like, okay, I just need to step away. I need to go. You know, and I, I thought remember. he was like buying me my birthday present. Yeah. And then he <laughs> called me and he was like, can you come down to, to Charm Diamond Center? So I was like, yeah. oh, I thought you were stepping away <laughs> to get me my birthday present today. Like I was, that was not on my radar at all. So yeah, well, I was already in the, in talks with um, the amazing employees from Charm at uh, South Center yeah. in Calgary here. And I was at the point where it's like, hey, we're figuring out this ring and I want to find the perfect design. But I got to the point where it's like, okay, there was one thing about the halo where I was like, I have no idea what she would like. (laughs) I just have, I don't know what to do. So I called her and I asked, uh, I think, I can't remember who I asked, but one of the employees, I was like, is it normal to bring in the partner in this process? (laughs) And she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. So I called her and then Kat came down and then we found the perfect ring. And luckily... I can't remember what her name was, but she was like, okay, it's probably going to take like three to four months. And she kind of winked at me because I knew we were going to Mexico uh, in like just over a month. Good and one. I was like, I, mm-hmm. I love you. Like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, this is obviously not your first rodeo. Like, and, uh, and then they were like, yeah, we'll get it done in like four weeks. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I fully believe that three months, even some of my friends asked me before Mexico, they were like, do you think it's going to like happen? And I was like, no, like the jeweler said, you know, Charm said, it'll be three months and that's, that's okay. Like, so maybe it'll be our next trip after that. Like in my head, I was like, no, it's, we got to wait at least three months. Like it's not coming at Christmas. And then lo and behold, you were just surprising me. So Ty might've been overwhelmed by the choices, Kat, but were you like, boom, this is the ring or this is the diamond I want? Yeah. It's funny. Like half of these like terms and words like hidden halo and cushion cut. I didn't really know what they meant in January. And then my life kind of 180 this year and you know, things happen. And I remember seeing like seeing this ring and I sent it to Tyler and then I believe he sent it to Moira and yeah. kind of created it. And when we went into Charm that day, didn't have the ring, but they were like kind of placing some things together, showing me what it would look like. And I, I had known I just wanted a princess ring my whole life. I just want a perfect <laughs> princess ring. And that is what I got. It is truly the most beautiful piece of jewelry I have ever seen in my life. And I just can't believe it's on my finger every day. So for those of us who don't know what a princess ring is, can you describe it? Because that, that sounds very compelling. But now I'm like, okay, tell me, tell me what that means. I mean, I don't really know. I think it just means a 
a big rock yeah. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> once again I'm check <laughs> yeah check 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 uh, just like a, I just wanted like a classic nice ring just a classic big diamond ring <laughs> but yours is beautiful so it's a it's a square and it's got uh four posters yeah. is that right oh my gosh yeah. it's extraordinary in, really beautiful in quotations she said i want sparkly and I was like, okay, we will get you sparkly. <laughs> you got what you want, Kat. You got it. And then and then Mexico. <laughs> yeah, Mexico. Oh, my gosh. It was uh, – so going into it, even my brother actually called me and he's like, hey – because my brother and his fiance were flying out of Edmonton and, and we were flying out of Calgary. And he's like, hey, listen, man, you know, Owen, one of our good friends, just went through this process of – of getting engaged somewhere. And of course, security stopped him at the airport and was like, what's this? And like his soon to be fiance was right there. So he's like, okay, I think we should take the ring down. And I was like, yes, great idea. So we were already kind of, you know, prepared and everything was good. And they had the ring, they were in a separate room. And then the day comes and everything that could have went wrong went wrong and oh it's tell me how, about that oh my gosh well do you want to tell about blankie <laughs> <Okay. laughs> i've had this blankie that like i've had since i was born and it's been with me everywhere like in the race it was in my backpack the whole time every oh, yeah. trip every that thing's been with me my whole life and then i had this feeling that it was just like gonna get lost in mexico or like i don't know and i said that to ty and weirdly strange enough he came back to our room and he was like where is your blankie? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's not here. And it had gotten tangled in the sheets, but I was a mess when I realized this. And I was like crying and bawling. I was like, it's gone. Like it was so sentimental to me. And we were supposed to have dinner an hour later, pretty much since it had, since I had lost it. And you had this big elaborate plan, but losing blankie really just threw a wrench in it. And I was so emotional and then luckily they ended up finding it after about an hour but for that hour there you were trying to propose and i was in the fetal position on the floor crying (laughs) i'd like like to preface with this blankie she calls it literally looks like a sheet like it is like a rag it is i it, it is i get it's so sentimental but it's like you would never really think it's like a blankie and these i remember going to the concierge and i i was at such a heightened state of like, I am about to propose in an hour and this blankie is gone. And I remember looking at the poor man and I was like, listen, like everything's ruined. I was like, I was going to propose tonight and like, you need to cancel everything. And it's funny because I had this private sunset beach dinner set up and, you know, we had a videographer there too, because I wanted to capture the moment. And what do you know? Monsoon, like just like 90 kilometer winds, like pouring, pouring rain. So I was going to do dinner and then propose. And then I had to switch to and then do proposal and then dinner. And then we had to do an inside dinner. And I mean, I was running around that hotel, like with it, like my head cut off, like trying, I was ripping apart made carts, looking through pillows, looking through towels, looking through everything. And I was all of a sudden this amazing uh, woman has the blankie like folded like an hour after we're on this search warrant and it was just like and I remember because I I went over to Kat's parents place and obviously wanted to ask um, her dad Frank for permission and her mom was there as well so they both knew that it was going to happen that day Sunday December 10th like it was going to happen and she FaceTimed Dar her mom in full tears 
And oh, no. luckily, Dar didn't answer the call, being like, "Congratulations!" Oh. Like, luckily, she kind of like let it happen, and like, and then she realized, "Oh no, Blanky's gone." And it was funny because her dad texted me while I'm, I'm in this heightened state, and was like, "Oh, I heard about Blanky." <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a. It felt like it was. What are we doing? Like what? Like what is happening right now? So now at least we are prepared for anything to happen at the wedding. Okay, that is absolutely hilarious. Like foiled by a blanket. <laughs> Your yeah. whole plan. Yeah. But it also <laughs> seems like maybe your 16 angels were messing with you, Ty. I wouldn't doubt it is the funny part is like, I really truly wouldn't doubt that they were like, we're going to add a little, <laughs> a little ripple, a little wrinkle into this proposal plan. <laughs> That's beautiful. But there was a moment finally when you got to the beach and you just have to describe how the whole thing went down because it was, it was perfect. Yeah, so I, she knew about dinner, obviously, and I was like, okay, let's just go down to the beach, let's take a couple of selfies, let's just decompress, let's enjoy it before the storm comes, because the storm was literally like 30 minutes away. And I remember talking to our videographer, Kevin, about where to do it now. And he's like, okay, well, on the other side of the beach, uh, down towards the other resort, it's very quiet, and it's beautiful white sand, and I was like, perfect, done. So I told him like five o'clock, I think it was. And we went down there like 440. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's going to be hard to kill this much time. Like, I know we can always laugh and talk, but like, she's going to get suspicious. And I remember like looking at Kevin, I saw him in the bushes and I like give him this like thumbs up. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, let's take one more selfie. And she was like halfway through this selfie. And then I'm behind her and I get on one knee and then she's still taking the selfie and then she turns around and realizes. And trust me, I had this like whole elaborate like plan of what to say, how to say it, do this, do that. And I think I said like five of the most cliche lines you could ever say. But it was just like instantly so much joy. And I mean, it was, yeah, truly just such a special moment. Well, you may say they were cliches, but I thought what you said <laughs> was absolutely beautiful. And then I thought what Kat said was absolutely hilarious <laughs> because because it was barely intelligible yeah. Just squeaking no yeah. no it was actually i i listened to it again this morning and it was oh gosh oh, yeah. <laughs> that is sounds about right that is my best uh, uh imitation yeah. of yeah. it no offense cat but what was, take it at all what was your reaction yeah i was just so surprised I guess yeah I turned around and just saw it and I remember seeing the ring and in my head I was just like perfect that's the perfect ring <laughs> yeah. I'm then, a princess I'm a princess and then I remember saying yes and we forgot to do the whole ring part where you put the ring on we just said yes and hug and then we were like oh we yeah. missed a step here but uh I was just so thrilled so excited and it was such a special moment for us and then the selfies happened yeah, and then lots of photos. Uh, my brother Graydon and his fiance Andy were kind of in the bushes too, so they were able to come and you know celebrate. And it was funny because we had dinner that night, and like halfway through dinner, you know, this is one of the most special nights of our lives, especially together. And like halfway through the dinner, we were both just like yawning so hard because it was <laughs> such an emotional day, and there were so many highs and lows. And I think we honestly went to bed at like 10, like 10 that night. You'd think we'd be out partying, like having the best time. 
But no, we were just like so exhausted because it was such an emotional day. Well, yeah. it was kind of like a day out of the amazing race, wasn't it? That's what we said. Well, I said that to him at dinner. I was like, I'm, I know we just got engaged. I'm supposed to be really excited. I'm sitting here yawning. But I promise. I was like, it feels like a race day, the ups and downs, the emotions. And then you have like such good emotions too when you finish how you want. And then like, it was just, it was, it was funny. That's beautiful. How was the reaction from the world when you made it public? Well, the reaction from the world is now when's the wedding? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, we have, we're not just saying this. I mean, we have so much appreciation and so much gratitude for, first off, people who watched um, and first off, people who supported us and like just the people that have continued on our fun little journey together. And I think to see the excitement from other people who watched us on our journey brought us so much happiness. And I've had so many conversations with people that maybe haven't met Kat yet. That's like, I feel like I know Kat now. And it's, it's funny how that works with reality TV and with, you know, putting yourself out there and in such a vulnerable position. But I, I just have so much love for Canadians. I, I, I really do. And I have so much love for, I think there's so many good people in this world and, you know, to see, to see so many people see what I see in Cat is amazing. And it's it's just like, that's exactly what I wanted is for people to see how genuine, how smart, how kind, you know, how adventurous uh, this amazing woman is. So, Aww, yeah. That's so sweet. Has he ever said those things to you before? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Have I, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because it's nicer when it's uh, being recorded, though. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You can listen back over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think it's uh, really something that you both have this platform now, and you are doing such meaningful things with it and, and sending out such important messages. How much do you think that adds to your relationship? Yeah, I think it's just, it's truly just a part of who we are, too, at, at our core is just wanting to make the world a little bit better and do do good in this world and do good with the time we have on, on in this world. And I think that's something we have both shared since we met each other was just wanting wanting to do good and, and, and be kind, be loving, be courteous and be caring. Like, it's just we only have one life to live. And I think spreading goodness is important to us both. And I think we'll, we'll always continue to do that. It's just kind of at the forefront of how we operate, I guess. Preach. Now I'm trying to think about how am I going to not ask in the same way everyone is asking you, when When's are you getting married? Uh, well, we have seven lovely weddings this summer for amazing people in our lives. Wow. And so I, I have three bachelor parties. She has two bachelorettes. <laughs> I am in three weddings. She's in two so um, we're going to take a little time. Um, obviously, we don't want to have a 10-year engagement, but I think we understand that we need to, yeah, we want to, it's been pretty go, go, go lately. And I think to be able to decompress and, and it's also nice to go to all these weddings because then you can really, well, she can really figure out what she wants um, because I've got the advice of just say yes, dear, and go along with everything. Uh, and I think that's exactly what I'm going to do. Smart. So we have a lot to figure out. But uh, 2026. 2026. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I yeah. I want to ask the question, apart from the wedding now, uh, I want to ask the question they asked you at the end of the show. What is next for you? Mm. Yeah, that's a 
That's a good question. It's been a while since we've been yeah. asked that, I think, since the ring. Um, I think right now we're both just trying to Tyler's been speaking a lot and um, I'll go with him sometimes as well. And then I'm back to work now a little bit part time, but also just kind of taking some time to to travel and and explore a little bit more this year and think about how we want to live the rest of our life and what we want to do and how we can continue to spread more goodness. So I think taking it one day at a time now, definitely uh, trying to travel and adventure, but just continuing to do the best we can every day. Yeah, I think uh, we are truly at our best when we get to adventure and, you know, seize the opportunities and, and yeah, we got a lot on the go. And I mean, even we're coming back out to, to Halifax in uh, the start of May for uh, Tema Foundation. And it'll be uh, amazing to go see uh, Myra. And uh, yeah, it's just like really constantly connecting and constantly getting out there and constantly, you know, just having, having fun where where we can and and also make impact where we can as well so well speaking of impact i want to pick up on what you just said there i didn't know that but i want to just let listeners know that the tema foundation is a really important uh, and uh incredibly helpful organization yeah. that that recognized ptsd in emergency responders before anyone was talking about it. So I, and I want to say thank you. So a shout out to yeah. them, but also to you. And hopefully, I, well, I'm sure it's going to be a sellout. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. What is it you love most about each other? Wow. For me, I think what I love most about you is just your spirit your spirit and when you walk into a room your ability to kind of I know everyone says you walk into a room and you light it up but you really do <laughs> and it's not just through like the way you step it's the way you speak to people the way you make everyone feel heard and you really make everyone feel like a somebody and I think that's so important for me it's just your spirit and your ability to to carry yourself the way you do and you really are such a light in this world oh my gosh <laughs> um I mean there's so many things I think that zest for adventure that you have, uh, that zest, you just have the, the kindest, most gentle heart I think you could ever have in an individual. And also, I mean, you could see it throughout the race, the work ethic you have and like your passion and, and how driven you are, I think is something that is so contagious for the people in your life, including me. And I think just like that pure will to want to, do better and be better and try new things and be spontaneous and get outside your comfort zone is something that, I mean, you've pushed me outside of my comfort zone so many times. And I think I'm so grateful for just like having a presence like you in my life. And I mean, you are so, you're not as stubborn as me, but you are so good <laughs> with your words and you're so good with people and you're so good with understanding people. And I think that is a trait that is in incredibly hard to teach and so much love to Frank and Dar for uh, <laughs> bringing this this sunshine this ray of sunshine into our uh, into our world so oh, thank you Frank and Dar are your parents Kat yes okay. yes yeah <laughs> shout out to them too I, <laughs> I often ask that question um but I don't often follow up with what I love about you too and I'm going to do oh, that and that is uh, the way you show up in your full humanity and Thank you. that, that you're great. I think you're you're amazing spokespeople for mental health because 
you are bright and shiny and you've got such zest for life and you are not a face of of you know what most people would associate with struggles with mental health mm -hmm. and that's yeah. that's really important and so thank you for the way you both show up in the world wow thank you. that was so nice yeah thank you so much that's, that really yeah that the world. means a ton and i think it is so important to kind of you know change the way we look at mental health and what it may look like to someone. So I really appreciate that because yeah, that, it, it's true. You know, we, we want to show we're happy, but you think there can't really be much struggle there, but the truth is we, we both struggle every day. So it's, it happens to everyone and you're not alone if you feel that way. Well, and that not alone message is so important because the challenge for most people and not just most people who identify as having mental health, but the challenge for most people is that we think we're alone in those sorts mm -hmm. of challenges. And so we don't speak about them. And I just want to echo that. Thank you. And thank you for being with us today, because it was just such a treat to meet you both and to get to chat. That flew by. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, so you for having us. <laughs> yeah. We are so happy to, to be here and to do this. So we appreciate you. you. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.